Welcome to the Working Dog Depot podcast with your hosts, Rich Harden and Howard Young. All right, Howard Young, how are you, sir? I'm doing very well, buddy. How about you? Doing fantastic. You know, today is a beautiful day in Kentucky and uh, enjoying it, enjoying it outside with the dogs. So that's awesome. That is one of the one of those things about being in the South. You get days like this in the middle of winter that are just absolutely amazing. Yep. For February, there is no complaints. <laughs> absolutely not. So today we have a gentleman that I met in 2018. I was starting to go to a number of seminars and I went with our buddy Dan Cliff to a seminar in Clover, South Carolina. It was being hosted by Anthony Rosa and uh, didn't know who this gentleman was and uh, neither did Dan. And we just, to say we were impressed is an understatement. We just absolutely were kind of awestruck and we were kind of hanging on every word. He had so many profound things to say. At least we felt they were profound. Bear in mind that both Dan and I came, you know, up through the the knuckle dragger training era. So there were a lot of things that were new to us and the idea of markers were new and at least markers in terms of an, an actual intentional marker. So before we get too far into that, I want to introduce Hans Verbruggen, who is with us from, in, he's actually at home right now in Belgium. Welcome to thank the show, you. Hans. How are you, sir? Thank you. Thank you. Just say, Hans, it's, it's good enough like that. <laughs> I'm, I'm comfortable with these certain things. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you for the invitation. I also remember that, um, that weekend. Very good, in fact. Very, very good. <laughs> good. I'm glad you remember because it's been a while and you have been literally all over the world. Yes. Now, in that time, it was like a, a second job for me. And now I, it's my full-time job. So yes. now I teach and I have more time to teach all over the world. Yeah, correct. And yes. that's my main thing, teaching other trainers. That's awesome. What was your part-time job or your full-time job before this became your full-time job? I will start with the, with, with the start. So I always always been have a technician, a service technician, full-time. And in Belgium, it's quite usual that the dog trainers here do it as a hobby. Uh, there are not a lot of, and for sure not in the sport world, people that can live from dog training here because every little village, every six kilometers, like 15, 15, 20 minutes, you have a dog school, dog club, dog, dog school. And volunteers go there to teach or trainers go there to train, whatever you see or whatever you want. And um, so not a lot of people can, can live from these things. Now, I was always a, a service technician and I always worked with my hands, fixing machines and so on and so on. And uh, from my hobby that started when I was four, four years old, I think, even that I didn't knew, I went to the dog school with my older brothers. 
And my older brothers uh, brought me into uh, Belgian ring sport, what I still actually do, in fact. Mm-hmm. And the Belgian ring sport, by myself, I started to train when I was 10 years old with my dog that was older than me. <laughs> so it was a retired dog. His name was Kim. I will not forget that. Uh, and Kim uh, was older than me. And it was a retired dog from my brother. And yeah, I could I, I could train with him. It was, was, was my dog. I had to take care about him. He was outside in a kennel. I had to feed him. I had to take him out and so on and so on. And uh, at the start... I was only allowed to go to the club on Saturday in the morning because in weekdays I had to go to school and it was too late, you know. So from my parents, it was only Saturday morning. And always the Belgian Ring Club. And then yeah, fast forward a little bit. I went to work and still I went to the Ring Club, another club. Went to work, continue. Then apparently I did something decent and people start to ask me a little bit of advice etc etc and then the first time i don't remember anymore but i think or it was an invitation to go to lithuania or to finland uh, but i don't remember anymore and then the, the the little ball start to roll and it was like a snowball and after a while you get a little bit of more questions and so on and then a lot of years later, because I, I wanted to, I, I never had the intention to stop with my with my actual work. I worked there for fifteen years at that yeah that job. Then I had the the idea to to stop and to become a, a full time uh, is it trainer is it teacher I don't know. <laughs> so then then it became my full time job and I don't regret it. So for me, mm. in fact, not a lot is changed. Because I traveled before also already a lot. Now it's more intense because yeah, then it was on vacation days, on time that I could leave because I did overtime, etc., etc. Now it's uh, yeah, from from Monday to Sunday and again forward. So non-stop, in fact. Yeah, yeah. And as a hobby, I still go to our ring club, our Belgian ring sport club in the NVBK. And my oldest brother also, not my oldest, second one, also still is a competitor there. Nice. Is that still the same club that you went to? In this club, I no, it's not the, the same club that I started. No, 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 no. So uh, my training ideas are changed, were changed, and so on and so on. So I, I'm not a person that go to another club because, hmm, let's say, things doesn't work out or something like that. So I'm quite reliable and I hold on on things. Uh, And if you, in club, you always have good years and bad years, sport-wise, that's life. So if we stay in the bad years, well, we also stay in the good years and vice versa. So in this club, I'm uh, also a long time already, Uh, but it's not the same club that I I started. No, 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 no. Very cool. It's 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 interesting because I still do it as a hobby and and at the end my hobby is still my favorite thing also <laughs> mm-hmm. and of course yeah I have my brother that I help out and that's always well not always nice I have to say we we have arguments because it's family we are <laughs> too close to each other but at the end we cannot miss each other neither. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, uh, so is it purely for fun or is it a, is it a finance, is it financially profitable? The, the club you mean? Yes. No, the club, in fact, in fact, the club cost me money. <laughs> the, the club cost me money to not be there and to work there. So I pay the club an amount of money and I service the people there and I do not train myself at the moment because I don't have the time, but I, I, I'm a member from the club and like every healthy little, uh, friendship club or how you call that dog club that are friends, uh, the light need to be paid and, uh, the heating need to be paid and so on and so on. And because I like the club and I like the, the atmosphere there, we are with not a lot of people. I do my payments there, even I don't go there. Uh, and I service by decoy work, by coaching, uh, and where I can help. If there, I don't know, if there is a maintenance from the club, I will I will be there when I'm at home, etc., etc. So, no, I and, and I don't have any problem with that because that's the only reason why one, clubs can exist, two, a sport can exist, and then if we go further, if we have a sport, we have competitions. If we have competitions, it's a selection from dogs. Mm-hmm. And at the end, we still, we have a breed through all these little things that are a lot of things that not a lot of people can understand or want to understand. Now, mm-hmm. also in Belgium, we have the luxury, luxury that we have a lot of clubs and, and places to train on a small area. So we don't need to drive hours and hours and hours. Our country is very small. Mm-hmm. So that makes always uh, quite a good pool for dogs also. And in the past, it was way bigger. Now, these days, everything is more difficult. And also um, the, 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 the dog training in Belgium was always, in fact, a sport for people that had not really the possibilities uh, money-wise. And also this is changing because everything, it gets more expensive. And for young people, it's not so easy to get into the dog world because you don't have a lot of support, honestly, and it's expensive. Yes. I think you're describing a very different, a cultural difference for sure. I think there are probably very small pockets of people that participate in dog sports here. And most of them have to do a tremendous amount of travel just to get to different clubs. And I think there's a lot of club hopping too, where they, you described, you know, staying with your club for good or bad. And uh, I think there are people that get disenchanted and they do a lot of jumping around from one club to the next because somebody hurt their feelings. Well, and and they also saw an Instagram post. (laughs) So let's not forget that, you know, you see something on social media, then they got to go do that. What, what Hans was explaining is called loyalty. You know, yes. and, but you, you come up and you teach people stuff and the next thing you know, they're, they're off because someone there, like you said, hurt their feelings or they've seen this, you know, social media post for 30 seconds and, you know, and now they're, they're gone somewhere else and they, they, uh, there is no loyalty here. And that's, uh, well, on a, on a scale, like you talk about Hans, that was, uh, very cool to see that. And you, you mentioned that now it's become more difficult. And so what do you think has made the changes of, of becoming more difficult for you guys to participate in the sport that you grew up in. Hey folks, we're proud to have Hold the Line Canine Conference as a supporter and sponsor of the Working Dog Depot podcast. 
Joe Lukowski and staff are already securing vendors and presenters for the seminar in April. That's April 9th, 10th, and 11th in a brand new location. That's right. Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. We are especially excited about that. It's going to tra- cut our travel time in half. And there's nothing like being in the Carolinas in early April. And that's Hold the Line Canine Conference. We're very much looking forward to being there and hope to see you all there. Thank you. Well, a lot of things. Now with your loyalty thing, that word, yeah, it, it, it's mm, how to say. Personally, I have a big problem with, I call it like on a McDonald's or something like that, the drive-in trainers. I have big problems with it. They come and they go and you don't see them. Well, for me, they always will stay and stand at a certain level because you cannot grow as a trainer like that. Your dog cannot grow as a trainer like that. So I have a big problem with drive-in trainers. And that's for me also uh, a little bit the selection hobby-wise. Mm-hmm. Now in life, to make money, I don't have problems with that because at the end <laughs> you come, you do what you want, you go, you also do what you want. So that, that that's again something else. And I, I learned to put these two worlds a little bit out of each other. Mm-hmm. Now to go back to the sport, like I think, you always need to have these people that uh, invest in the sports and invest in invest in loyalty and invest in competitions and make competitions and so on to make a selection. And the selection is always good for a certain breed. Is it now a Malinois or a Japanese Shepherd or, or is it hunting or whatever you want to, to keep? You have to make competitions and in a competition you cannot make a good one from a bad one a bad one is a bad one and people cannot make it nicer than it is it's a fact and if you have a bad dog or well bad dog big word a dog that doesn't fit i would say well then uh, it's okay to do something else perfectly fine but the tendency now and the trend is that these people are not happy wait they're going to change the sports. Yeah, but that, that we also don't going to do it. That, that doesn't make any sense. So they're going to make a new sport or a new sport, or they're going to weaker the sport. And then you have so many different kinds of sports. Again, our selection divides, the people divide, and it doesn't work. So then you come to trainers that, as a young person, one, you need to invest in a dog. You need to have a car. You need to uh, buy gas or diesel. In the hobby club, there are clubs that or ask monthly an amount of money, sorry, to pay for electricity, gas, water, drinks. Or it's quite common in Belgium to give a round of drinks. So if there are 10 people, you need to pay for 10 people or 50 people. Eh. But not a lot of young 18, 20, 25 year old people can do that because that's expensive if you want to do that two, three times a week. And then you didn't train. So then you have a dog, yeah, maybe medical issue, he's limping to the vet. Maybe the dog will break a tooth to the vet. Maybe your dog is not able to, to, to jump, to buy to whatever you want to do. Finished with the dog, buy a new dog. Yeah, ho. <laughs> it's over already so um, and then what I wanted to say is 
then you need to find maybe a coach that want to share the thoughts, that want to help you, that is is uh, allowing other people to get involved into the sport, sport, and so on and so on. So, in fact, it's a quite if you think about it, it's a quite big struggle to uh, go into a hobby sport that is barely that now. And in the past, it was maybe similar, but the pool was bigger. And now we need everyone, to be honest. But but it it yeah, it's just not possible. It is not possible. And it's such a nice sport. And I think it's the same in 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 Holland or in Germany or or in every in France in every country where they have a culture from dog sports and their own dog sport program. So it will be everywhere the same. I went to the uh, KMPV championships last year in Holland and I was also not so surprised about the amount of people that are there. It, it Everything is going down and it's, it's at the end very bad for the breeds and weekend programs. It's always bad, always, always. And if people want to do something else with their dog, I don't have any problem with that, but don't change sports. That That's not okay. Never. Well, there's also a trickle-down effect that affects us, those of us that are that are trying to get good dogs from Europe. And if there are less people involved in the sport, theoretically, there are less dogs available for us to select for Correct. potential police dogs. I have this conversation probably on a weekly basis with somebody that is doing what I do, this trying to procure dogs from Europe, and they're saying the good ones are gone which they're not all gone, but it it is becoming much more difficult to get the kind of dogs that we used to get. Well, that's also another thing. In our sport, the culture is you have a dog, you compete with the dog, you keep the dog. And the best ones could be good to breed, but they would never, ever sell a dog for money, in fact, or it needs to be an unbelievable big amount of money, exceptional, then yes. But in the past, when I was a child, I always hear that, ah, yeah, he sold because it's not a dog that he's not good. He doesn't fit. Then it's sold. Yeah. The people, they have a dog, they raise the dog, they train the dog for, in our sport, for three, four years. That's a long time before you're going to compete. So they don't want to train the dog for three years and then sell them. No, they want to compete. And then they want to stay in competition. So that's again another story. And then you also need to apply quite different training. What is suitable, again, for other sports or working dogs, police, military, whatever. So you need to think a little bit different about your training. If you want to keep a dog, one, a long time healthy, two, a long time in competitions etc now the, the the bad thing is for you guys i think when the pool is smaller people start to breed more police dogs and the puppies mm. are not born yet and it's already a police dog and then they get eight months training just the behaviors that they need to do and beside that they are uh, stupid as a stone <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's wrong that's wrong everything is wrong but the only problem i think it's it's not a problem that people earn money but they need to earn money that is equal to to everything you need to be honest 
That's my okay. opinion. <laughs> I've had several things come in my head. I'm thinking back to that sem- to the seminar that you did, and so far we've been talking about sport. And I hope that I would assume that most of our listeners know, and I think the majority of our listeners are involved in uh, canine as far as law enforcement. No, there's probably some sport dog listeners as well. But I I hope that folks know that there's so much to be learned from the sport world as it as it applies to what we do. And most of the good ideas have come out of the sport world in terms of training. But the uh, seminar that you did, there were several things that truly impressed me. It was, it was the first time that I'd been using, been seeing markers used intentionally. And we need to talk a little bit about that. I think that you, you're going to talk a little bit about how mark we, all things are markers. But the other thing that really, really impressed me was, and I applied this to my own dog, is teaching a puppy to do things, to manipulate the environment at a very early age helps develop that brain as you begin to train later. Is that I found my dog would, if I presented him with a new problem, because I'd worked with him playing brain games as a puppy, as an adult, he would acquire new knowledge very quickly because he'd learned that he could manipulate the environment to get reward. Mm-hmm. So, well, with, with the markers, in, I come out of the world also that I saw a lot of old style training. So I've been, uh, I'm now 38 years old. All my life I'm into training. And in the sport world, I saw a lot of not so nice training in the past, a lot. But these guys also had a lot of decent and even good results. So they could they could do something. They had something in their fingers. What is not bad? So somewhere there would be or there will be a certain truth in what these old men in the past did. It worked out. Now, of course, not for every dog. Otherwise, the dog, the dogs would uh, not not been sold, etc. And what you also see often is that dogs become good at the second handler or the third handler. Then they start to live again because the first one broke them a little bit, and there are certain behaviors that are uh, stuck already in the dog. And the, the, the second one get a little bit uh, oxygen in the dog and the dog can live again. So that's quite often the, 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 the case. Now, in this time, the people also used markers, but that were markers. We were not conscious about these things. And uh, like, like I always say, dogs have nothing to do in the whole day. The whole day they need to watch you as a handler. That's the only thing what they have to do. They can watch birds, but they also watch the handler. <laughs> and they know exactly, ah, the door will go open. The key uh, is on the door. He goes in his pocket and so on. So everything is a little marker for something that will follow. Now, we as trainers, we need to watch more and, and think more, I believe, instead of uh, exercises into behaviors. And when you read the dog or the dogs over behaviors, you start to think totally different. Now, the good thing is from making young dogs very smart is that they are smart. The bad thing is when they are a little bit older, well, they are still very smart. (laughs) (laughs) And they can use it against you. And they know exactly what they are doing. So a dog is a quite big egoist. 
and uh, they they just think about themselves. Now, yeah, the, the the making dogs smart philosophy or training can work against you also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the balance needs to be a little bit in the middle. But yes, it is for me very important to teach your dog when they are younger all the behaviors that you need later on. What is not always easy, yeah? because you need to think a lot, you need to watch your dog a lot and hear your dog, feel your dog and and and, and smell your dog, I would say. So you need to, yeah, how is he breathing? How is, does his ear stand? How is the tail going? Uh, how is his tongue moving? And so on and so on. So uh, what is he doing with his mouth? They tell you so many things, but we mostly are watching other stuff. We want also with puppies, action, action, action. And later we fight against one thing and that's always too much action. <laughs> uh, it is. So I think that you bring up a good point is what you're, what you're learning by watching all those things of your, of your young dog is when they're, when it's, when they don't have those consistencies, then there's something wrong. And we yes. need to be aware that, that, okay, maybe it's not time to train the puppy or the dog because this is not my norm. I, I don't, I don't see the same dog and I don't, my expectation needs to be different. Correct. Correct. Yes. I think a lot of people miss that fact all the time. Hey folks, we're excited to tell you about one of our new sponsors. That's Ray Allen Manufacturing. Ray Allen has been making canine related products since 1948. Many of you recognize the name Ray Allen with being synonymous with quality canine gear. Both Rich and I have been ordering equipment from them for years. My now adult sons have shared with me that some of their childhood memories involved seeing Ray Allen catalogs at home. That's right, folks, catalogs that came in the mail before the internet. Over the past few years, we've gotten to know some of the faces behind the scenes and have come to appreciate them for who they are. We've also enjoyed the banner back and forth. I've been the subject of at least one prank. It's relationships like these that are icing on top of the cake when it comes to doing business with a company. When searching for canine-related gear, seek out a trusted name in the industry. That's Ray Allen Manufacturing. For a 10% discount, use the WDD10 discount code. Thank you. I think that the the people also, but that's the the problem a little bit from the internet. People want action. People want to have the wow feeling, but they do not think about having good results, even if sport-wise or with service dog wise, yeah, in in eight months or in one year, no, they want to have it yesterday, but that doesn't work like that. And right. they they need to think a little bit further in the future. Like we're gonna build our, it's like building a house, strong foundation, placing the stones, well, and hope with the first windows that the house is not going away. No, you need to be sure that your training stands and 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 keep standing where it it have to be. So. It's building, non-stop building. And I believe uh, in certain systems. That why, that's why I'm also very big fan of, of the Nepopo system. So I believe in that system. I teach it because there is a logic to build something. And there is the logic also to prepare a dog for the moments that the dog will fail. And he will fail. A dog is a dog. So if we prepare our dogs from before... Uh, then the problem will be quite small. If we do not, then we live on hope. 
But I'm now in Belgium and it's raining and I hope that the sun will shine tomorrow, but it will not happen. <laughs> so <laughs> hope is nothing. It's quite worthless. <laughs> we don't need to have hope. We don't need to have hope. <laughs> uh, oh, that's awesome. So we, uh, we, well, a lot of us, a lot, a lot of folks in the U.S., when we're trying to make a or prepare a dog, we say that we're, we want to expose create pictures for them. Mm-hmm. Is that a philosophy that you, that you agree with? If we're preparing a dog for a, for a service, we want mm-hmm. that dog to be able to generalize, but also we have to expose him to a lot of different scenarios or situations in order for him to, to be successful down the road. Well, there are two things for me. Do I believe in pictures at a certain point? Yes. But that's not my first step, I would say. I would uh, train the dog that he listened to me. He do not need to listen to the picture. He need to listen to me. And later, as a plan B, I will teach my dog to adapt at the pictures also. But I prefer that my dog listen to me because your dog will, one, he listens better, of course, two, mm-hmm you can have way more control and he's way more reliable for the moment that the dog will not do. Because when a dog is only obedient to the picture, there are a lot of moments that your dog will not do what you hope he should do. Then we go to the hope story again. So, of course, if you want to train a language to your dog or or speak with your dog, that takes a little bit of time. Now, the people need to think a little bit what is the 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 the, the return of investment mm-hmm. if we spend a little bit more time to train our dogs instead of not training our dog and just train him or work him picture wise that's a great point i i, th- I think that's phenomenal I, and but you're you're also referring back to that foundation you have to have a solid foundation before or you should before you start focusing on all these pictures correct how many and and you guys know that better than than i know but how many commands does police dogs know you can count them on one or two hands they know nothing so and that's very very sad and every police officer and sorry yeah sorry for you guys that i that i give my opinion that every police officer have problems with their dogs or they are barking when they don't need to bark. Or they are not barking when they have to bark. Or they are biting when they don't want that you that they bite. And so on and so on. So it's non-stop fighting with the dog, being frustrated with the dog, or to the dog, towards the dog. And at the end, he's not reliable. And the dog costs a lot of money. So that that's quite sad. Very and there's sad. conflict involved. Yeah, but every single day, because uh, every police person, every army person is nonstop living with the animal together. It needs to be his reliable partner that is broken. And, and, and that's sad. Mm-hmm. That's very sad. I agree. So, yeah. And I understand that the, 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 the people, they spend a lot of time with the dog. Correct. They don't need to train a lot. They train mostly way too much. 
And then after job-wise, they don't want to spend time anymore to train their dog better. That I understand completely because at the end it's their job and, and some people live for it and some people do their job just to, to earn their money. And that's perfectly fine for me. I, I also did that in the past. So I have no problem with that. But it would make their, their life ah, way better and, and, and yeah, 100% better if they would teach them a story instead of just sing the song what you did yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we get asked frequently, like if uh, we did a demonstration recently for a citizens police Academy at the police department. And the typical, one of the typical questions is how long does it take to train the dog? 15 15- Pardon me. Fifteen minutes, and then we're done. We're good. <laughs> I, watched, I watched it on YouTube, so we're, we got it. It's, it's good now. Oh. <laughs> you know, the, to me, that's always a tricky question, oh. simply because they're they're never fully trained. We never reach a point where we say we're done. We've done all that we can do. They're good to go. The reality is, is that we're going to train them for their their entire lifetime. Correct. Uh, one yes, hundred percent, and then. Are you talking, and uh, yeah, apparently not, to people that understand what, what your level of training is? So you can think that uh, ah, your dog is trained when he knows a sit and a down and a, and a stand, uh, or we can go a little bit more further. Sure. So, yeah, yeah, I people, think, yeah, sorry. They're just wanting to know typically – how how long does it take before they're functional, before they can perform the tasks that we expect? And, you know, the reality is, is that, you know, there are schools all across this country that are six weeks, 12 weeks, 14 weeks. Fortunately, I've never been held to an actual time where we essentially, it's based on skills acquisition is how we would say it. Mm-hmm. We're ready when the dog is able to do what we need him to do. Of course, we're always going to try to improve upon that. That's the whole thing. eh? Maybe I have a stupid dog, very, very stupid, and I need (laughs) uh, three months longer. Uh, (laughs) But when my dog can work for three years longer, then the stupid dog was, in fact, (laughs) a very good animal. So you cannot, (laughs) if you don't understand, doesn't mean that it's a bad dog. Maybe Mm -hmm. we didn't explain it good enough. Mm -hmm. So. If people also start to ask things time-wise, I don't know. I just don't know because I don't know. So I am starting with a brand new dog tonight, dog that we just got. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've only seen him since well, we went to pick him up at the airport. And so I, I, I have no idea what I'm – well, I have some idea. I know that he should be environmentally sound, but we will see tonight. We'll we'll take him uh, up in a building with slick floors and stairs and maybe an elevator and uh, just do some different things with him and kind of read him. See Mm -hmm. how see how he looks. Does he tuck his tail? Is he fearful? If he is a little fearful about something, how quick is he going to overcome that? Or does he if he doesn't overcome that, we've got a bigger problem. Yeah. So to me, these are really exciting times. This is probably some of my favorite part of is I've got a new handler and a new dog and they're basically going to learn together. Yeah. But I think it's, it's also the most important training is a little, little part 
but having or creating or making a free animal that is uh, free in the head, everywhere, anywhere, with everything, that's already maybe 70% of your training because you don't need to, you still, you still need to train him. Huh? You cannot say, oh, my dog, yeah, he do that from the first time, he's used to it, I never had to train it into the dog, then you're lost also because there also is a moment that the dog will not do and you have no foundation and he will fail and it's over and out. So the same with, I don't know, uh, last week I had an example, a dog that didn't want to take a ball. And then some people said, oh, bad dog, the dog don't want to take a ball. Well, we're going to teach the dog to take a ball. And then we teach the dog to take a ball. He will never forget it, how we train that. And I'm 100% sure if you have a dog that liked the ball and there is a situation that he don't know what to do or, 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 well, that dog will be lost. And my dog that didn't know what the ball is and he didn't like the ball, well, we train it. That moment when it's there, he will know and he will remember what to do. Very stupid explanation, but I am convinced dogs that do things from themselves, like taking a stupid ball, well, I still will train to take the stupid ball. Because if you do not explain them, well, the moment is there, and that comes from the sport world, the moment is there, they will fail, and then you stand there and you're lost. So every single step, I will repeat with every new dog, every single step. That's great. The uh, handler was telling me that he didn't know how much obedience had been done. And I told him that it doesn't, we always approach every dog the same way. We approach it as though they know nothing. Correct. And we, and we go from there. So he was, he was trying a couple commands out on the dog and the, and he was getting a little frustrated. And I, I probably should have made that very clear that don't have any expectations that he's going to do anything. I'll show you how we're going to teach this dog to sit and to down and we'll do that in, in training. So if he did it with his previous owner, that's great, but that doesn't it doesn't matter to us. It has, it's of no significance. Yeah. So I think he was a little relieved that the dog was, you know, there, there's no expectation that he's going to do anything at this point. I think it's uh, not so bad to start with a new page often because the second thing is you know exactly what you did and you mostly, <laughs> you have to know <laughs> how to go back because you know how you prepared something. Mm -hmm. It's like, again, like building a house, you know where the electricity is, you know where the water is, you know, oh, there in the floor or in the wall, I don't need to drill because there is something in the ground and so on. So it's just open the closet, take the, the, the solution out of it, put it in the dock and go further. And that's something that not a lot of people want to do. They, they want to, and I think more in your world, a finished product. And it needs to be finished very, very fast. Mm -hmm. That's true. But, uh, fast is slower. Yes, it is. We well, say it in Belgium. I think, is that, do you think that's the detractor of, in the dog world now of this immediate gratification? Do you think that's what's really costing us in, in these dogs? I think it's not only in, 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 in the dog world. I think it's in general in life. Uh, everything needs to happen yesterday and it needs to be good and it needs to be cheap. <laughs> uh, but doesn't work, cannot work. And then the, the next thing is the internet. So the internet is very, very good, 
but is how many puppy videos you see on the internet and all <laughs> the puppy videos are flashy and cool and and i never in my life saw a puppy championship or world championship puppy training or 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 exercise or whatever how many from all these nice little dogs survive when they are three, four, five, even how many dogs are still working till they are eight, nine years? Not a lot. And that's, well, for you guys, you are old enough and you have a lot of experience. You can see through all these things. But the people now, yeah, between 18 and 30 years, and a little bit older, even my age also, they cannot watch through it. They they have problems with it. Yeah, but yeah, but you see there that, and my dog doesn't do. That means nothing. Mm-hmm. Wait, and we see in X time. Yes. Of course, of course, you always need to have a goal. And eh? so, if you if you keep training puppy training wise your dog for ten years, yeah, <laughs> a, a healthy dog, yeah, he will live till he's fifteen years. Then he's also dead. And uh, he don't need to start to work when he's seven years. He need to start to work a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. So you need to be honest against yourself. Yes, that, that's the number one thing I see with some of our clients that that have come from different places. They they have these puppies or these young dogs that are specifically the last couple of dogs that's come in there. You know, eight to ten months old, mm-hmm. and trainers are telling them the dogs are washed out. They're no good. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's a puppy. How yes. do you know? You know, what have you done? What is the foundation? Why are you in such a hurry? And then, you know, and then you sit down with the client and you ask them their goals. Well, what's your goal? Is this your lifelong commitment to this dog? Is this your dog that you're going to develop into something? Then why does it have to be internet, you know, an Instagram reel today? It's not going to be that way. You know, a Doberman or a, a Rottweiler, you know, these dogs, especially that mature slower, you know, you, you can't be in such a hurry to have this finished product when the dog is eight months old. So you're telling me the dog is no good. They're telling them that they're, they're, you should get another dog. And there's no, no uh, what's the word I'm looking for? No commitment to develop the dog in front of them. Mm-hmm. And I, I see a huge problem in that. And that's something that we have more into uh, clubs somehow. In clubs, some people will also do wash, wash the dogs quite fast. That happens. But then there are also clubs that, and we made this mistake also somehow, we, I can say we know something about training and then you work a little bit longer on dogs that are not so good. And you have decent results with dogs that are in fact not so good. But uh, from, from yeah, you cannot make from a donkey a racehorse. So <laughs> you always need to have the basic product in the dog. And yes. If you have a good dog and at the end he works so-so, you did a bad job. If you have a so-so dog and he works decent, uh, then you did a very, very good job. It's good training-wise if you know it, but dog-wise it's not so good. Or result-wise it's not always perfect. Sure. So, But uh, you, you cannot learn with the perfect dog. You learn nothing with it. It's, it's just luck. And how many people have always luck not a lot of people so uh, i believe that you learn from the bad dogs and when i was a child and there was a guy that always said to me hans if you can teach a dog by decent 
if you cannot buy it, you did an amazing job and you learn a lot. And if you have a very good dog, well, put the sleeve around the tree and he will bite on the sleeve and you learn nothing from it. And, and, and these things I will never forget because it's, it's hundred percent true. So, uh, if from the bad dogs or from the problems, etc., etc., well, you learn a lot of ways to get somewhere. That's paying for your education. That's your own development. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is like that. And I had the luck that I, uh, is it luck? Maybe yes, maybe no. Maybe I found also my way to, to get to know people. And I had very, very good trainers that I um, could train with and still train. And I'm very thankful for that. Mostly also the older generation of trainers. So, Well, I, and you're, you're speaking of relationships, and I think that that is important. Uh, the folks that probably benefit the most from advice from others are, are, are folks that know how to form good relationships with people. And, and perhaps they sense an eagerness or they sensed an eagerness in you to learn and, and a humility to learn. Um, it's difficult to teach somebody that feels like they already know everything or they're, they're trying to prove something to someone. It, it, no. They don't learn. It's simple. You cannot, mm-hmm. but then it's also already over. Mm-hmm. So when there is learn resistance, then it stops. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Well, I always feel like I have, and, I, and this is why this period of time with a new handler and a new dog, I always feel like I have a window of time that I have to capitalize on. Mm-hmm. Because this person right now is brand new. He's super, super excited. He's got this new professional athlete of a dog. And we have to invest this time properly. And basically, I'm going to be pouring into him as much as I can. And he, in turn, hopefully pours into this dog to make it the best we can. But, you know, life happens. That in, in six months, that won't be the shiny new object anymore it's it's going to you know going to be a product of his investment and my investment and hopefully it'll be you know a good good thing but you just never know i think that's one thing and then the next thing is and that that it's my own experience so i uh, one of my teachers is a very big teacher in fact for me big, big influence is my uh, club partner barbalon <laughs> and when I was young, I told him one time, ah, I think I start to understand training. And he's watching me at our field and he said, no, Hans, you don't understand. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's not really the answer that you want to hear. But I said, yeah, but explain me then if I don't understand. And no, I cannot because you're not ready for it. So, but you are a little bit younger and you say, oh, what is this now again? <laughs> That's called humility. <laughs> Let me tell you about our newest sponsor, Gold Coast Canine. Gold Coast 20-acre modern canine training facility is located in sunny Southern California and was established in 1991. Gold Coast owner Rodney Spicer was bitten by the Schutzenbug in the mid-80s, and by the year 2000, he titled over 20 different dogs in a variety of working dog sports, from Schutzen to protection sports. This led him to eventually work with police dogs and began selling them to vendors. In the mid-90s, Gold Coast began selling dogs directly to police agencies. To date, Gold Coast supplies dogs to over 100 law enforcement agencies and provides training to 27 agencies for regularly scheduled maintenance training in both patrol and detection. 
Gold Coast has founded innovative canine courses such as canine stress inoculation, prior deployments, and reality-based detection training. They've also introduced biometrics in the selection and evaluation period in order to increase the likelihood of success. Gold Coast developed a covert detection program for the largest technology company in the world. They also provide detection services to entertainment theme parks, hotels, and special events. When you think Gold Coast Canine, think reliable, experienced, and innovative. Check out goldcoastcanine.com for more information on your next single or dual-purpose canine. Also, check out their course schedule, merchandise, home protectors, and additional services. Follow Gold Coast Canine on all social media platforms. For a 10% discount on merchandise, use the GCK910 discount code. And then later, years later, we are again on the field. And I still remember that spot that there is a tree, a power club field. And I'm watching to him. And I say, ah, but I think I understand. <laughs> and he's watching me explain. So I start to tell my story. And Hans, you understand it now. So, and then I understood also that uh, one with dogs and with teaching people, some people are just not ready for certain knowledge. They hear things, but they are not ready for it. And you cannot force that. And maybe it takes three months, maybe three years, maybe 10 years. Well, they cannot follow. They, they need to follow by themselves. You cannot force them. You can train their dog for them. You can help them. You can guide them. But it doesn't come out of the the person himself. And if you are ignoring this, uh, that, that that's not honest against yourself and against the person. So that for me, that was a big, big learning moment, not only dog training wise, but also, uh, yeah. Teaching. I think what you're describing is as a person, people. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a common theme though. in, in what, what I do and what Rich has, does and has done is that I think a lot of times people don't understand the whys and they may never because they may never be in it long enough to truly understand. They may think they do. And that's maybe part of the, the dilemma is that they, they just know enough to, to make it happen. And we see it happen. I think in some of these uh, dog forums where somebody will ask a question and it's, same, it's usually the same questions over and over. Yes, and the responses are always based on that person's personal experience, mm-hmm. which is a very, very small experience, right? Mm-hmm. It's not; it doesn't have the benefit of seeing seeing multiple dogs, multiple situations. It know they know that that one thing that their trainer did with them worked, so that to them is the answer, mm-hmm. and they believe wholeheartedly that that is the answer. And the reality is, there may be fifteen other answers that are better. Of course, when it works, it works. Huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then the next thing also, and that I try to always um, teach to the people, and of course it evolves by doing and by seeing people and, and, and so on, is that if you give a solution or you think about something, it needs to be referred to the language that the animal understands already somewhere further in the training, then you can solve 
different behaviors that will come back at another moment also in training. And that's for me very important. So it's, it's possible that you can work in the now and you solve a problem now in this second minute and later it's lost. It's better to, to change the behavior that you have the profit from it later on in your training, in another behavior, in another exercise and so on and so on. And what I also is have learned is by questioning myself often and explain the why up front. <laughs> At seminars, mm -hmm. I do that also. So mm -hmm. this, 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 why? Because of that, that, that can happen, will happen, will not happen. Is it always the truth or my intentions are there always, but I'm not a dog and I never been a dog and I will never be a dog. So I don't know always what will happen, but I can do my best. And if I don't know, well, then I don't know. I will tell that to the people. I don't know that the intentions are there to give an explanation for a certain why. Nice. Good. Good. So you're doing a tremendous amount of travel. Maybe it's maybe not a fair question. Where, where are some of your favorite places to go? Uh, favorite places just as a country or, or, or area or dog training wise? Any of the above. Yeah, cover it all. Yeah, cover okay. it all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so places I like a lot is countries like Austria, Sweden, Italy. Also, I, I love as a country. That's, that's my favorite. Yeah, never a punishment. <laughs> no. And then dog training wise, what is the, the, the most that I like? I still have a big passion for sports, dog sports, mm -hmm. different kind of dog sports, because I get invited by different kind of dog people that do other sports. And then you learn from other sports also, and you get to know other sports, what is quite, that's very interesting. So sports, I like a lot. Sport people are not always easy because sport people are quite often a little bit learn resistant, like, uh, like I mentioned, that's not always easy. And then people wise, I like to work a lot for, so I work also for, uh, special services and, 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 and so on. And I like these people to train with that. I like the most because you tell something, they will listen. You tell, go through the wall. They will try to go through the wall. And so on and so on. So that, that's what I like uh, yeah. the most in that case. Now, mm -hmm. training-wise, I don't 100% like it. But I do my best to change things a little bit. But people-wise, yeah. yeah. So if different, yeah. Country-wise, I have my favorites. Then dog-wise, I have my favorites. And then people-wise, also, I have my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> That's very oh, nice. That's but the good thing is you, you change a lot as a person. I changed poof, really a lot as a person by one, by traveling, by as, a, as my nature is a little bit on the shy side mm -hmm. and yeah. I see a lot. I listen a lot, but I don't always talk a lot, except when it's my topic. Like now I talk a lot <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's, it's the same with, with, with dogs or dog involved or teaching that's my thing so then i i yeah i can do my thing and, yeah. and i'm in my momentum i would say so that i like i prefer that 
And for me, it changed a lot because uh, the first time you say, oh, Hans, do you want to help me? Yes, yes. Hans, do you want to come to our club? Yes, yes. Then you stand there in a ling- language that it's not your <laughs> mother language. So my English was also not so wonderful. Never. I had sit in an airplane. So that was also never been alone in an airport or, or whatever you want. Mm-hmm. So you change a lot. And now I'm always on the road, living in hotels, driving for hours and days and so on and so on. So you, yeah, you change or I changed a lot as a person. Right. It's, it's for people that don't know this world. It's quite, uh, can be quite heavy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Not easy. It's, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's not always easy. Not <laughs> easy. It's, it's tough because well, you, you, you have, you're getting paid to every place you go. You can't mail that in to those people. They're expecting the Hans 100% on point, being able to fix the dog, being able to help them. And that's their expectation. And you do that for hours at a time. And that is very difficult. Uh, you know, when, I, when I taught full time with the, with the Navy program, you know, that there's no BS there. You know, you have to bring your best all day long. You can't mail it in. And as soon as you do, they call you on it. Besides police dogs, Gold Coast Canine sells canine home protectors. Gold Coast Canine trains and develops top-tier home protection dogs that leverage their specialized security and protection training to keep their home and family safe. Each home protection dog is hand-selected and goes through a rigorous screening process prior to training to determine their natural physical and mental aptitudes. This in-depth evaluation ensures they have the ideal temperament and work ethic to create the perfect family companion and home protector. The canine home protectors are thoroughly trained in obedience, agility, barking on command, searching a residence for intruders, and searching, monitoring outdoor perimeters. The canine home protectors are sociable and vigilant. Their concierge service offers regularly scheduled maintenance training, annual refresher, home visits, veterinary care, and board and train while out of town. Gold Coast Canine Home Protector is also well socialized with other dogs, humans, and animals of other species to ensure they are extremely well balanced. You can think of the Gold Coast Canine Home Protectors as family companions with added abilities. Check out goldcoastcanine.com for a full list of training offerings. Also, follow Gold Coast Canine on all social media platforms. Remember to use the GCK910 discount code for 10% off Gold Coast Canine merchandise. Yes, and that's also often the, the, the thing. So um, people have the idea, and I understand that, but not always, they are not always realistic. You have a certain case, and the people train for one year, one year and a half with a dog. They have expectations, but a dog is still a dog. And sometimes you don't know what the people trained, you don't know how the people trained, and so on. And sometimes the dog nature-wise, think about something totally different. Mostly it's over fear. And yeah, solve it now. I pay you for this. Yeah, but sorry, my friend, but that, that is not possible. <laughs> if your dog, and that's why it's so important. What I said before, it's so important that your dog is just a free animal. If your dog is not a free animal, there is always a moment that you run with your head against the wall. When your dog is a free animal and knows nothing, command-wise or words or pictures, well, he's still free. You still have 
possibilities. But when he's not free, yeah, then there is a moment that you run with your head against the wall. And as a, as a, as a trainer, teacher, coach, you have 15 minutes to solve it. It needs to happen now. Well, you cannot fight the, the nature. You will always lose. So, yeah, that, that, that's, that's quite difficult. But I, luckily, I don't have often these, uh, these, these moments. And so I if I, if I understand you, I think that you are probably what we would refer to as someone that is introverted. Um, yes. Are you familiar with that term? Yes. So, yeah, yeah. And I am as, I am as well. And, and so with that, for folks that don't understand that is that when we are forced to have to be on display or lead a group or have to interact with people, we don't get energized by it. We get, it, it saps Brains. the energy out of us. <laughs> <laughs> so if I'm, if I'm instructing and I, and I taught for a number of years, that was not something that, you know, you, you have to find a place where you step outside yourself, where you, you have to play that role, even though it may not be the most comfortable role for you. And, uh, I commend you for doing that. I mean, you're, you, uh, I don't know how long you've been doing it when, when we met you in 2018, but. Uh, quite a long time already. Yeah. I cannot really say how long, but I, I think it will go to approximately 14, 15 years that I, that oh, wow. I go okay. around. Yeah. Of course, at the start, it's always a little group, eh? three people, four people, five people. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that is, that is normal. So little by little. And like, like I say, yeah, for me, it's mostly not in my mother language. Now I right. don't care anymore, but often, yeah. Then and when you work also with a translator, so in another, you speak, then I speak originally uh, Dutch, mm-hmm. so Flemish. Need to think in English from English, need to go to another translator in another language. They again. So then when the dog do something five minutes later, and then the pup, we all understand what we are, what is happening. So that's also not so easy, <laughs> but, right. but you learn a lot from that as a person. And that for me, it was very good as an introvert to, mm-hmm. to grow. And it's also, not, well, it's not forced. You force yourself. But that's a choice that you make by yourself. But it it's ah, it's it's good. I would say it like that. Yeah, it's good. Good. Even also these podcasts and stuff like that. Like I said uh, before, yeah, uh, everything started. I'm not a fan from from um, all multimedia and, and things like that. Oh, social media. Sorry, I'm a little bit behind. I use it. I do my best to use to understand stuff, and I see very very good things in it. But it's yeah, it was not easy the first times to 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 record, to do things, to talk, and so on and so on. But yeah, no, I'm 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 happy at the end. It's the same like with the dog. Everything goes over confidence, and when you learn a little bit learning principles, everything comes always back to the same confidence and repetitions. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Very much so. So we want uh, we want folks to know how to get hold of you. Well, if if they wanted to book you and you you're agreeable to go see them, 
how do folks get in touch with you? Yeah, I go all over the world if they if they want. They can me they can reach me on my website www.hansverbruggen.com. Very easy. Or on my Instagram Hans Verbruggen Dog Training or uh, what else we have Facebook we have also Hans Verbruggen or Hans Verbruggen Dog Training. Very easy. You can always send me a message and or an email. Yeah, and we've stayed in touch since we met, so it's been good. It's yeah, yeah. it's very, very, very nice, and it's it's also nice to yeah to to talk to catch up. And there also we had a little yeah little talk. It, it it's good. I remember that weekend very good. Very good. Well, thank you for your time. Um, if you would just hang on the line with us when we stop recording, because I have to upload this episode. So, but yes. we really appreciate you doing this. Yes, sir. Thank, thank you so much, Hans, for taking your time out of your day to speak with us and dropping some great information to people. I think we're going to have to do a part two because we did not get a full uh, blown conversation about markers. And no. I think <laughs> well, I mean, that's OK. I mean, that's that's for great. That's what this podcast is all about is for great conversations. And the, the conversation is an or- organic conversation and we just see where it goes. Yeah. And uh, Went to great places and some great information and, you know, accountability, taking your time, you know, building a foundation with your dog. All those are so important and so missed today in, in a lot of folks that, that, especially that I get to talk with every day in the civilian world now. Uh, you know, it's just, it's all lost. They're, you know, they come in, it's like a lost ball in high weeds. They have no idea where they've been, where they're going, what the plan is. And, you know, this is, that's what we're for. Uh, take a step back and teach that, well, it doesn't matter what's happened. We have to start today with our foundation. I think too many people go too fast to training techniques instead of starting at the start. And that means that every week possible, every is it two times a week, we are at the trainer or at the club or we are there. We cannot say, oh, but the sun is shining. We're going to drive with the bike instead of train with the dog or it's raining. We stay inside instead of no. And the dog, you need, you need to do nothing for it. You just do it. So I think that's way more important than training techniques and a way it's the start at the start is the start. So sport wise, if you are in a club, be loyal to your club and so on and so on. So uh, you don't need to do special things for it. You just do it. Great advice. Great advice. But from my side, also uh, big thanks to invite me. Yeah. And I hope everyone enjoy this, uh, this talk, this podcast. Thank you. We don't care about them. I enjoyed it. I had a great time. Thank you. (laughs) Then then it was good for me. It it was my pleasure. (laughs) It was completely my I'm pleasure. Gonna, I really enjoyed I'm it. Thank sign you. Off. Perfect. Hang on the line with us, please. Yes, thank you. <laughs> All right, Howard Young, that one's in the books. Man, that was a great conversation. I am ready for t- take two with that so we can get the markers. Uh, but I love the, the foundation he laid uh, for this first podcast. I think that was great information that needs to be addressed uh, way more often in our, in our world. Yes, I, I'm very eager for a second episode as well. I, there's so many things that we didn't get to, to discuss. And I think he's really a wealth of knowledge. I think that he's wise beyond his years. And uh, I love the way he phrases many of his concepts, but fun, fun guy. 
Great conversation. I, lo- I loved it. Yep. So, so we got on the uh, the books for this evening. What do we got going that we're tasting? I have Heaven Hill bottled in bond. Mm, that's a tasty one. It is a tasty one. That is a tasty one. Yep, bottled in bond. Well, it, do you, do you get it uh, freely there in the great state of North Carolina? Well, it's funny. It's been showing up more frequently. Not as difficult to obtain as it used to be, but yeah, I've been seeing it. It's a it's a limit one typically. Okay, they won't right. let you buy it one. So. All right. But yes, awesome. if you ever haven't ever had it, you ought to check it out. All right. Well, let's give it a sample. Here's to the hair of the dog that bit you, my friend. Thanks so much, you guys, for following along, supporting us, and listening to these wonderful conversations that Howard and I are just blessed to have each and every day. We'd like to thank and support all of our first responders, police, fire, EMS, and our military for once again holding the line, keeping us safe. Stay safe, brothers and sisters. We love you. God bless, and God bless America.